Welcome back to the Eclectic Soul Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be continuing our discussion of trust. So this is part two from the previous episode. I hope you enjoy. Yes, trust. (laughs) This is kind of a reminder that everything is a work in progress. Mm Mm-hmm. Trust is not something that's it's going to be you have it and you don't have it. Right. It's not to be taken It's lightly. always going to be you're always going to have to build it and you're yeah. always going to have to work to keep it and then when you lose it because and I'm just going to say this now, you're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. There's nobody in the history of the world that has never had a relationship that did not work out and that trust wasn't broken. It's just impossible and if you are going into life thinking that's going to happen, you're really going to screw yourself over. Right. We all lose trust. So you're going to have to be... a little bit. Right. You're always going to have to be, on every relationship that you have, there's always going to be this building of trust, then you have to constantly maintain the trust, mm-hmm. and then there's going to be a day where the trust is going to be broken, whatever level that that might be, and you're always going to have to try to work to bring it back up again. Right. And it's going to be this never-ending cycle. So even if you go get, seek therapy, again, that's still going to be a day-to-day battle that you're going to be fighting it's never going to be, I, I'm going to hit a goal and it's solved. You know what I mean? It's always going to be a work in progress, but you want to keep, you want to try. And that's the, that is the goal is to always, t- that you want to keep positivity because you always want to get up in the morning and you want to try every day. You, yeah, exactly. You want to try every day. You want to try to be a better version of yourself right. every day. And Trusting yourself mm-hmm. and trusting the person that's with you is right. also tending to your own garden. Mm-hmm. People think it's greener in other yards. No, it's greener where you water it. Right. So if you're working on a relationship, if you're still building that relationship and still learning to trust one another, you have to make sure that you're tending to it like a garden and you're watering it and you're not just watering it because everyone needs water, mm-hmm. but you also need to f- have food. What is that food that you bring into it? Communication, understanding, mm-hmm. thoughtfulness, that drive to want to accept another person for who they are and still be accepted for who you are. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy, mm-hmm. but when you make an effort yep. to do it, it becomes easier because at least the other person sees you're trying. Right. It's when you make no effort that it starts to becoming a problem. My ex-husband, ugh, in the beginning, I, tr- I didn't trust him. I started building trust with him. Then I thought I could trust him. Then I realized that it was just me knowing that I trust, I, I trusted myself enough to think that I could carry both of us. And that's never a good thing. Nope. Because trust always involves two people. Exactly. Oh, I know that now. Yeah. But I didn't really understand it then. And, um, so... 
Jen and I are going to go a little more deeper into trust issues that we have. Um, I guess I can go to a time in my 20s um, from the time that I was, that I got pregnant up until another time. So um, before I got pregnant, I was actually going to go into the Air Force and I wanted to fly jets. And um, I had my appointment. I wanted to go to the academy. In order for me to go to the academy, I had to be at the academy before my 21st birthday. So that means I had to be there by the end of July because my birthday is being in September. And I was like all geared and happy to be this. And then um, I was at my friend's house. I was actually um, living at my friend's house or staying at my friend's house. I don't really remember on base. Um, cause she just had a set of twins and I was helping her with the babies and she had a two year old and her husband was a crew chief. So he was always off and about, and it was, you know, it's hard to take care of two kids and you know, yeah. infants and then a, a toddler. And so, um, her husband came home and he goes, Oh, you ought to meet so-and-so. And I'm like, why? And they go, oh, well, he's getting a divorce and da-da-da. And I'm like, oh, he's getting a divorce, huh? I said, okay, well, you know. I had just broken up with someone in Baltimore. I moved back to Delaware and, um, well, I, yeah, kind of, we'll leave it at that. And um, so I met the guy and he seemed okay and cool and everything. And, um, he was going to come back for their christening. And that was probably like two weeks later. And I was like, all right, well, this is when I used to drink. <laughs> I don't drink hardly ever anymore. And Jen knows. No, I don't. <laughs> I, mm. I've become a lush. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, um. Uh, I was there at the house. I helped them put together. I helped get the kids done. We went to go have the christening done. We came back to the house and the guy showed up there and he brought some Uzo and Uzo is Greek. Mm -hmm. And I actually love Greece and I want, that's on my bucket list to go to Greece. And, um, and I love licorice. So I probably drank half of this <laughs> Uzo bottle to myself. <laughs> I know it was wasted. <laughs> And um, we actually got it on, <laughs> and I got pregnant. Well, I didn't. I was taking the pill faithfully every day at noon. My friend said that I didn't take the pill. I'm like, I most certainly did because my watch went off. It might have been day. the alcohol. I've heard uh, that it, that it doesn't work when you drink. Yeah, and probably. And I'm like, okay. And so I wound up pregnant, but I didn't know I was pregnant. It took me... I got pregnant in February. It took until April for it to even show end of April to even show up positive. It took four pregnancy tests from March until the end of April for it to show up at the end of April. You're already sworn in. So if you're not going to go to the academy, you have to do one of two things. You either have to give your child up to family members 
until you're done with boot camp and all of that to go into the Air Force, or you're going to have to ask for permission to get out of everything. So I had to ask for permission to get out of everything. And then my grandmother died in front of me. Uh, that was hard on me. I had the I moved in with said father of child that, and we'll leave it at that. Um, I had the baby, raised the baby by myself. So, like, from the time I was 21 till I was 22, all the trust that I thought I had for said person mm -hmm. was completely just disrupt it. it it was gone I thought he cared more about me than I thought and come to find out he wasn't getting a divorce he was but it didn't happen mm -hmm. um she found out that I was living there and took she was a triple nickel and she took a hop she was actually in Texas for a training and took a hop from Texas to um, back to Dover Air Force Base and blew up at him and was yelling at him. She didn't confront me and I hid in the room and I stayed in my own room. I never stayed with him at all in, it, in his room and um, I pretty much stayed to myself and you know I had to deal with my mom telling me that I didn't have an abortion I was no longer her daughter so I had a lot of issues I didn't trust my mom anymore I didn't trust you know him mm -hmm. now I had to trust that I was strong enough to raise a kid on my own mm -hmm. and after two years of trying to keep somewhat of a relationship just so my son would have his father that didn't work out. Um, another year later, I had met a guy. And the only thing that we were ever to each other was friends with benefits. Which I didn't... I, my faith in men went completely out the window. Mm -hmm. So when I was in that bracket from 23 years of age to like 25 years of age mm -hmm. I was just <clears throat> whoever wanted my attention mm -hmm. they got it and I regret a lot of that mm -hmm. um, I was picky about who they were but it's not something that I'm fond of now that I think about it mm -hmm. because I'm that type of person if I'm going to have sex with someone or make love to someone, mm -hmm. I my heart gets connected yeah. to it and I don't know how to separate the two. So if it's only a two-month fling or three-month fling, I had to wait at least six months before I can even attempt yeah to you know try to like another guy because to me that's all they ever wanted mm -hmm. was sex they didn't want the smart girl the nerdy girl 
the gamer girl. There was no real intimacy. It was just sex. And I didn't want that. But that's all I could get. And that's not love. It's not love at all. And then you start telling yourself that no one's ever going to want you. No one's ever going to appreciate you. They're always just going to want sex. They're never going to like you for who you are. They're never going to want to uh, get to know you or be there or just hang out with you or just chill with you because it's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and out the door. You know, there, there's no meat to the relationship. There is no relationship. It's just sex. There's no intimacy. There's no love. There's no trust. There's no anything. It, it's like you're a walking zombie and you're useless to anything else. And I never wanted to be that. Still to this day, I don't want to be that for anyone. I know my boundaries now. And then what's really weird is that the time I was 27, I like stopped all of that. And I realized that I had more value and more worth to myself. That I wanted to try to find someone that would give me more of what I wanted. And I couldn't because I was picky. I'm that Virgo. I, and guys that I dated, if I walked into their house and it was a mess, mm-hmm. I'm like, I am not your mama. I am not cleaning this shit up and I'm not staying. Sorry. I'll come back when you clean it. I couldn't be in a mess. It drove me nuts. Um, it was probably... I was 30 years old. I flew out to Arizona, where I am now, and came to visit my best friend at the time. She still is a good friend. I do love her. She's like a sister to me. But we just don't have a connection anymore mm-hmm. like we used to have. And But I came out to visit her, her husband at the time, and her kids, and... Um, Fell in love with Arizona, fell in love with the sunsets, fell in love with the fact that here it was, January, and I'm walking around in shorts that it was too hot for the clothes I brought. <laughs> because in Delaware, I was like, fucking 30 degrees. <laughs> and I come here and it's 70. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I went home, and I wasn't even home. My baby sister was living with me. I wasn't even home. Um, I left the end of March. Packed up all my stuff, drove out here by myself, left my son with, in my parents' care. And um, so I could set up out here and everything. And um, <laughs> one thing I have never done in my life, 30 years old, have my brand new apartment that I'm living in. First time I ever living in an apartment because I've always lived in a house or a mobile home. Here I am at the end of March. And a heated pool, which in Delaware, it's too fucking cold to be in a pool. I'm like in heaven. Because, <laughs> holy shit, I can swim. <laughs> I'm out there, I'm swimming, breaststroke, backstroke, you name it. And I get out of there and I jump in the jacuzzi. 
because it was cold from the time I get out of the pool to get mm-hmm. into the jacuzzi. And two guys came down and sat in the jacuzzi with me. And I have, I'm always the shy one. It. I thought takes, you had learned from your mistakes. You said that I you know, had, I know, I know. I said I thought that I, I, you know, at 27, I didn't want to do that anymore. What happened? Well, they approached me at that time. This was my first time approaching a guy. So I'm like, hmm, he's kind of cute. He's tall. I like tall guys. You know, he's handsome. So he was 24, I think. I was 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he was in college. And we just started talking. And I just I couldn't believe the words that were coming out of my mouth. That, you know, I've never told a guy, like, so abruptly that he had a nice body. <laughs> it's not while you were sober. No, and that's just it. I was sober. That's what I meant, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what the? And I'm going, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. And I'm like, D-. and he's sitting on the steps, so I would have to pass him to get out of the jacuzzi. And I couldn't move. So he actually got up and went into the pool. So I was like, oh. When he got up and went, his friend was sitting there, and I was like, oh, God, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> he just chuckled. <laughs> he says, we only came down here because he saw you. <laughs> I said, fuck. <laughs> and I um, got in the pool and started swimming and everything. And we got back in the jacuzzi, and we just started talking. And his friend said, I'm going to go on up. I'm probably going to bed. And then he just asked me, I've lived around here. And I said, yeah, I live in an apartment in that building over there. And um, that's all she wrote. (laughs) (laughs) He walked me to my apartment. And he, oh boy, he was a liar. (laughs) And so he just fed into your, you know, already, you know, huge amount of trust issues. Yeah. So be it. (laughs) You just just spiraled back into where you were. I know. And then after that, I was like, I'm never trusting another fucking guy again. I don't care. And it took me a long time to even, I was probably well late into my 30s before I dated again. And and then it's just, every guy was like, no, I have boundaries. You know, I try to do this dating. Um, It wasn't a dating app. It was like a call line. You go and call and you have if a guy liked you he left you a message you would go meet in public somewhere I tried that and I had one date with dinner with one guy and he was actually honest with me which I was glad about I said I'm nervous I'm going to tell you straight up. I said, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this as in, you know, like a dating type thing. And he goes, same here. He goes, I just got out of a six-year relationship. I was like, damn. He goes, yeah, I've been single for about a year and a half. And my friend says, time for you to get out there. And he goes... I'm not going to lie to you. He says, you are a beautiful woman. He goes, but to be honest with you, I'm not interested in you. He goes, I will love to buy you dinner. Mm -hmm. And I would love to sit here and talk to you because 
with you I can have a deep conversation with. Mm-hmm. He goes, interest-wise, is he goes, I loved your voice. He goes, but for some reason, my hair was shorter then too. Mm-hmm. He goes, for some reason, I pegged you for someone with brown eyes and long hair. And I'm like, well, I'm blue eyes, I'm English, blonde hair, sorry. <laughs> and he's like, he goes, I don't think I'm good enough for you. I don't want to hurt you. But can we enjoy tonight? He goes, you have me as long as you want to hang out. And we were at a place that was doing karaoke. He goes, I'll sing. He goes, do you sing? And that was the first night I ever sang karaoke. We talked to each other probably uh, four or five other times. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually asked me for advice with one girl that he was dating. And they hit it off. And I think he married her. But yeah. I, but other than that, nope. And and then, you know, then I married my husband. And that was a joke. Of course, mm-hmm. I've told, if anyone follows these podcasts, oh, yeah. you know that it, I did it because I thought I could save him. Mm-hmm. So I'll never, just because I think I could save a guy, I'll never marry another man. I don't think I could ever get married again. I think there would have to be so much trust and so much love and so much understanding. And that person would have to understand that now I realize that in order for us to get along, we each have to walk our own path. We walk our path side by side. You do your thing. You do you. I do me. But know that we're there for each other. Not just me there for you, but we're there for each other. You're there for me too. And that we lift each other up. We encourage each other to keep going. And that along the way we just keep building a foundation and building trust and then if it comes to love then great but will I marry you I still don't know if I'll marry you because to me do I need a piece of paper to tell me how much I love you Mm -hmm. and stay with you you know that that's how I view things now I still, I have a lot of trust issues. I, it's very hard for me to trust people because either they lie or they don't accept you or they misjudge you or they have their own issues or they trigger shit from my past. Yeah. And it's like red flag, red flag. Danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> so, but yeah, so... But yeah, I, my 20s were full of not, not realizing my worth, not realizing the potential I had, not realizing that I didn't need someone to make me be who I wanted to be, that I had to find that for myself, mm-hmm. um, that sex wasn't love, you know? Yeah. That, you know, with sex doesn't mean there's intimacy. Right. So, you know, I just, yeah. So, yeah, I don't ever want to relive my 20s again. (laughs) Yeah. So, what about you, Jen? 
I mean, you actually have a complete polar opposite pasts, mm-hmm. but both have trust issues. So it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting to see kind of like where it kind of goes back to like, you know, everybody's going to have, everyone's going to have some sort of trust issues with, in, in, yeah. to some extent, regardless of, of how things work out. Um, I won't go too much into where my trust issue started because I think I've already talked about it a little bit on one of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just mention it real quick, but um, I talked about that whole incident with the glasses one time with kids like in elementary school. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I really lost mm-hmm. trust in general with with people in general, not even a relationship. And it's just just I have trust issues with. People, because they, they're just not... I don't believe that they're genuine. Um, because they, they base everything on appearances. Mm-hmm. And they don't really take the time to... Get to know, get to know people, yeah. right? They make just snap judgments. And I learned that early on. And so, and whether or not... I, you know, this is just me. You know, this mm-hmm. is what I feel. Um, I learned that early on with my experiences with, with glasses and, and growing up and that. So I, I, even before I got into relationships, love relationships, I had already developed a deep distrust for society and just people in general. Right. Um, and, and I used to be a very happy social person and, and I've changed because of it. And because I think that I developed... A distrust of society, I really put a lot of focus on developing deep relationships with people because I couldn't trust people to just, you know, like you meet somebody and you believe everything that they say because I've been that I've been burned right before. With that. Oh, yeah. And that sucks. So I developed I tried to develop deep relationships with people. And I don't mean like love relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wanted to get to know people way beyond just the surface level stuff. Right. And so all of the relationships that I've ever had have all been deep friendships. I've I've never had a serious I've never been with a guy or a woman because I'm actually bisexual that I didn't know very very well. Um where it went really downhill was I got basically burned even in that aspect. Mm. Um, so being completely opposite from you, you, right. you, you, your story was, I've never had a serious real relationship at all. Here's somebody who, we're, we're talking, these people were like best friend level. like, mm-hmm. And these people betrayed me. That's, that's hard. It started when I was in high school. Um, I had a, a really close guy friend who I knew even in middle school. We were very, very close. And because of that deep friendship, we ended up dating later in high school. And he ended up senior year getting another girl pregnant. And that's kind of where... I think things just really... I already hated people in general... And now I couldn't even trust people that I knew so well. They knew me so well. It was kind of like I had nothing. And when I was in my early 20s, I just, I didn't have any belief in anyone. And I so I did a lot of really wild things, even though I still, 
I guess I'll bring Brian into this now, but, um, and so, I mean, I'm married to him now, so it's not really like a big secret, but right. he, he was just one of the people that he, we were friends and we ended up dating later on because that's what I do. I can't, because I just can't trust people in general, mm-hmm. I can't be in a serious relationship with you unless I feel like we are really good friends. Like, I just can't, it's just something about the way that I am. Um, and so when I started dating Brian, we had already known each other for a very long time. And, but it was at that period of time where my, my trust was already so low and he already has his own personal issues that he deals with from other, like worse than my own issues. Mm -hmm. And it was just not a good place to have a serious relationship like that. Um, and during that time, um, I did a lot of really stupid things. He did a lot of really stupid things where you just, the trust just kept getting worse and worse. We weren't building any trust. And during that deteriorating, right. And during that time I ended up, he ended up cheating. I ended up cheating. I ended up seeing other people, other people that I knew that were also friends, um, that I got involved in and things like that. Um, and when, Alex came along it was at that he was kind of like a breath of fresh air for me because and again he was my co- he was a co-worker mm-hmm. and at the time and I was in college and I got to know him really well and again we became good friends mm-hmm. and but because he was so different mm-hmm. um, he I mean you've met him Mm-hmm. before he's very he he's he's very um sensitive and he's all he's very like um mm-hmm. you you could completely trust him like he, he just that's the kind of person that he was he was he he if he said something and he you know he he always kept his word to the to the t mm-hmm uh, he, if he said he was going to call you at a specific time, he called you at a specific time. I mean, and it was just this, he built up my my level of trust again in in just relationships in general. And, and I ended up dating him for a long time. But what ended up happening was, and I don't know if this is has to do with trust issues or not, I actually broke his heart. Sadly. Um, I realized my third year into the relationship that I didn't love him. That he was just somebody who saved me from all the situations that I was going through. He healed me in a sense. Mm -hmm. But I I couldn't stay in the relationship. It wasn't right to stay in the relationship because I just, we were friends. He was like a really good friend to me, but I didn't, I didn't feel anything. And the way that it went about didn't, I didn't, I didn't handle it well at the time. I was in my twenties and me and Brian hadn't talked for a long time. Um, probably the whole time, probably the three years that I was seeing him, I didn't talk to Brian because we, our relationship was so bad at that time, that we just, our friendship was completely ruined. Um, and, 
Brian mentioned on the last podcast how he called me because mm-hmm. of that thing that right. that actually happened um, at the t- that around that time. Um, and that he had reached out to me, and that was like the first time that I had heard from him in three years. Mm-hmm. And I that's how I ended up starting to talk to him again, and we became friends, and he needed to move out of his roommate's house mm-hmm. because of that, and also for other various reasons. Right. Um, and I had never lived on my own before. I was in college, but I had always lived with my mom, mm-hmm. and I just drove to school. Mm-hmm. So I agreed that he needed a place, and I wanted to live on my own for a while, so I moved in with him, and I broke up with Alex because I, did, couldn't, I didn't think it was right that I moved in with him, and also I wasn't in love with him, and so, um, I don't know, it... When I look back on it, I, I feel really bad about it because I didn't handle the situation well. Well, you were young. Yeah. And you and Alex still have a good friendship. We do now, yeah. Yeah. And, but, to me, you were kind of admirable realizing that you cared for Alex so much that because you were not in love with him, that you cared enough to get out of it so he could find love and be with someone that could love him as much as he was loving them. Yeah. And it... It was just the way that I did it. At the time, was not... Telling somebody all of that and then saying that you're moving in with your ex is not the best way to go about it because at the time me and Brian weren't seeing each other. Yeah. But he still was my ex. Right. Um, who I completely hadn't seen in three years. Right. Um, and, and then after all of that happened, I had this whole other situation that I had to deal with because I was living on my own for the first time and I was living with somebody who I had a lot of problems with. Um, there was just a lot of baggage mm-hmm. between the two of us and there was a lot of distrust. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking in the negative. Like, mm-hmm. we had no real trust. Right. When we moved in, we were just friends. But as as time went on, living together and that, we just naturally fell back into being in a relationship. We didn't even officially even say we were in a relationship, it just naturally ended up happening that way. Mm-hmm. We never shared rooms. We always had our own rooms and stuff like that, living mm-hmm. together. But we just it just nat- happened naturally. But because it happened naturally, we had to basically learn how to fix all of the shit we ruined. Right. And it was not a pretty experience. Um... It's, it's constantly going on all the time. Even now, it's constantly going on. I lived, we lived together for four years, and then we got engaged, and then we got married a year later, and we've now been married ten years. But it was not an easy thing. And it's still not. There, He has a lot of... Um, issues and I have a lot of issues and I have a lot of triggers and there are times where 
he'll do something that will remind me of something that happened a long time ago. Like, like we're talking like when I was like 20. Mm-hmm. That feels like it happened yesterday. Uh-huh. Oh, I and know. I will freak the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And I have no control over it. But we're, we've gotten to the point now where we're both in a, in, a, in a good place where he knows that I'm being irrational and he knows why I'm being irrational. And he just is over-accommodating and he will just give in to whatever I say because he knows that it's just, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took a long time to get there. This, it, there were times where... You know, it probably wouldn't have lasted. Um, but because the other, uh, because the other person, whether it was me or him, depending upon what the issue was, mm-hmm. you always try to fix it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever gotten to the point where they completely just wanted a hundred percent to walk away from the relationship specifically. Right. You know what I mean? So, but it's not, it's not an easy thing. And I have a lot of trust issues, a lot of trust issues. And yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it other than it's, it's just, it's a process that it's a never ending process. But that's where you grow. Yeah. And when people are aware of what, is going on with them Mm -hmm. and they're able to say okay I'm starting to understand or I want to get help with this or this relationship means enough to me that I want to work on it that just proves you're a bigger person that just proves that it means more to you and that just proves that you're ready to move forward with something that feels tangible to you that yeah it's a bump in the road but tomorrow could be better right. you're not letting it hold you back you're not letting it tear you apart no where no. you know some people don't know don't understand that concept that and, and it does take two people like yeah it does i could you know i can't you know Throughout the years, I couldn't have done it on my own. If Brian right. didn't want to try, right. it wouldn't have worked. Right. So, and it, it, sometimes there, I get triggered even by dreams. Ridiculous as that sounds. I'll have yeah. a dream where something will happen, mm-hmm. and I know it's not real, mm-hmm. but it'll affect my entire day mm-hmm. where I'll actually feel... Because it's self-conscious. Right. right. And so, I mean, that's how bad sometimes mm-hmm. th- this stuff can affect you. Right. And you know you're irrational and it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but that's that's how bad you know that it is. Like the, yeah. the, the baggage can be that bad. Well, like with PTSD, I have triggers that can set me over the edge. Like if I hear people yelling and fighting, yeah. I, I like either one, I need to avoid that area unless I get an earshot of what it is. If it's literally a man screaming at a woman, mistreating her, I go in protective mode. Um, trust, is, I think, is imp- it's, it's important to have self-awareness. Yes. I'm trying to think of a summary of everything we said. Self-awareness is, is really key 
being able to understand why things are happening, what's triggering you, um, will help you deal with it. Mm-hmm. But with trust, it always involves other people in that. Right. So you can't all ignore the fact that you're in relationships with other people. And so right. therefore, you also have to be understanding of what they're going through and right. their triggers and other things too. Right. And you also have to share if you want yours. a working relationship, if, yeah. You if have you want to a working, re- yeah. If yeah. you want, because that is where trust comes from. Right. Because it's a, it's not going to happen automatically. It's something that's always going to be growing and changing, and you're always going to have to be working on it. Um, and then takes two. Yeah, it does. It takes two, it takes two to make things go right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it takes two to make them out of sight. <laughs> so, but you know. If you have anything to share, you can leave them on our Facebook page. I think that's probably the best place to put it at because it gives you more room to type and everything. If you don't want to leave it publicly, you can um, privately message us on our Facebook page. We do have an email. You can do that as well. But yeah, you can reach out to us on IG on our Facebook page. Email us. um, And thank you very much for joining us. I am Jen, this is Jen, and Jen's going to take us out with a quote. Yes. So some food for thought. No legacy is so rich as honesty, yet most of us veer from the path of unwavering faithfulness to the truth, occasionally telling lies. William Shakespeare. (gasps) I love William Shakespeare. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Blessed be. If you would like to contact us, you can email us at eclecticsoulpodcast at gmail.com, on IG at eclecticsoulpodcast. We have a website, which is eclecticsoul.org. Our Facebook is also eclecticsoul.org. And we also have a YouTube page, which is Eclectic Soul. If you would like to contact me personally, you can reach me at my website at www.musicandmystery.com or on my IG, which is Music and Mystery. If you'd like to contact Jin, you can reach her at her IG at Call Me Jin Jin.